Hello and welcome to the SBS Cycling Central podcast on the Tour de France. We do one every stage and if you haven't got used to the routine now, by now, I guess you won't ever. Um, I'm joined today by Kath Bicknell and Anthony Tan and I'm of course Jamie Finch-Penninger. Well, a very eventful stage last night but I think it's appropriate at the top of the program to, you know, send out our thoughts and prayers to everyone involved or, you know, who may even know anyone involved in the Nice attacks overnight. Not put into perspective, but it, it's just that shock value that is quite a dramatic thing and just takes away from this um, from the feeling in France at the moment. So, our it's thoughts a go out strange to thing there. to be reporting on an event over there while this other thing's happening at the same time. It. Mm. Yeah, I got quite exercised um, in an opinion piece I wrote um, this morning immediately after the tour. So I was, you know, sleep deprived and writing something, and then I wake up this morning and you know, it's it's almost a sense of guilt you feel, but. Um, Anyway, it's it that's that's a very personal and selfish reaction, and it's part I, of I think sometimes you write this thing and then it gets published at a time mm-hmm. that's different to when you wrote it as well, and you can't choose what's gonna, you know, when these things are gonna happen. Um, you know, other news keeps happening too. Yeah, but it's, oh, it's pretty real. Yeah, I, I don't think you should. Well, I don't want to tell you how you should feel, Jamie, mm-hmm. but I mean the thing is that you can always contextualize these things. I mean, can you? We, you can constantly say, well, I should feel guilty for each attack that happens. Um, or you can do what the Tour de France does and you just house yourself in this bubble. I think that's why the top bike riders are so good. They compartmentalise their feelings and they go, okay, we'll put that to one side. We need to concentrate on the race because if they let these other external extraneous factors influence them then it affects their performances mm. and the great thing about the tour de france is it's one of the things that makes france great so we can celebrate that and not feel guilty about that at all okay well last night's stage was a humdinger in many respects it was one of the spectacles which is going to live with us for a long time uh, thomas de Ghent ended up winning the stage but Unfortunately, his performances were overshadowed by the action behind with um, Froome, Port and Mollema all crashing into a halted motorbike which um, had run into some members of the crowd. Yeah, so I mean, it's all in the in the final kilometre of the race and there, there weren't the usual barriers holding the crowd back, um, which we're assuming is because they didn't have much time to relocate the the finish of the stage, which was meant to be six k's further up the road at the summit, and that was changed, as we said yesterday, because of winds everywhere, um, <laughs> including 100 k's an hour at the summit. So, so it had to bring all this infrastructure down, and and the crowds all kind of come down the hill and gathered, and it was so thick that the motos stalled, and um, Froome's gone into the moto, Port's gone into the moto. He had he lost time changing a wheel, and Port lost his bike because another motorbike rode over that, and it's cracked the seat today. So yeah, Froome, Froome, Froome went for a run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tamman, seeing the yellow jersey of the Tour de France running up the hill. Well, I think, Jamie, the last three days have been, to quote Peter Sagan, crazy, really. I mean, the, the first time, this is all happening consecutive days too, the first time was that breakaway of riders where we'd never seen a calibre of riders in a breakaway at the Tour de France on a transition stage. Then we had the green jersey and the yellow jersey in a four-man breakaway uh, to Montpellier. And uh, and then yesterday we had this calamitous 
affair on uh, one of the most storied, if not the most storied climb in the history of the Tour de France. So uh, I, I I noticed Tom after the post-stage rap with Robbie, he was speechless. He didn't know what to say. What, mm. what do you say when you see Amaya Jean running up the Ventoux? Uh, I, I still don't know what to make of it, but clearly... There was the crowd is already there. Often they're there three, four, five days beforehand. So when you're you're compacting the crowd across what is essentially a 21 kilometer climb into uh, around 15 kilometers, because it actually the climb actually starts uh, in Bedouin, even though it says 16 kilometers, it's in fact 21 kilometers. Uh, so. Yeah, when you're compacting that crowd, um, it's it's going to be that thick. And really, I think it should have been barricaded the last kilometre. That's quite clear. Well, they said after the stage, Christian Pudom said that the reason they didn't have the barriers was because of the high winds and that made it then really hard to transport, which, you know, makes sense. Makes you, a lot of sense. Because they're very bulky and you could imagine the, the wind would take them quite easily. Um But, there, OK, well, there's plenty of other talking points, of course. I mean... Nairo Quintana didn't look great on that final climb. Yes, uh, well, Quintana for me he fell short. We uh, we're always wondering did did he have it? Is he just keep he keeps waiting, waiting, waiting? I, I was wondering, um, but he he did go a couple of times on the earlier slopes of the Vontu. I just thought if if that's all he's got, then Froome is going to win the Tour de France because it's it's not enough. And I was thinking, I don't think he's actually done enough hard racing leading up into the Tour. He's had quite a um, reduced program. He's spent probably three of the six months this year back home uh, in Colombia at altitude. So, and, uh, you know, the, the race that he did leading up to the Tour de France really, uh, with respect, it's a second rate event for a world tour rider uh where the other guys rode the dolphine to sharpen up their their racing legs um for me quintana lacked the punch we'll wait and see i i just think he's for him he's going to have the edge over him in uh tonight's time trial and he's he's going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat on the the alpine stages and the stages in the in the jura mountains okay keth did the race jury do the right thing in in giving Froome the same time as Mollema? Well, Port and Froome the same time as Mollema. Oh, it's such a messy thing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's all within one k to go. So, you know, initially, I guess my my thoughts were it happened. It happened further down on the climb. This kind of incident, and and you're thinking, well, how much more time would he have gained, you know, on the way to the end? But I think that the the other problem is even even though you do the the right time, and it seems to to be the best answer in a messy situation. Got Richie Port, who's been injured in the crash, so he might not get the time loss, you know, from from the outcome of the stage, but he's not going to be at 110% in the time trial tomorrow as well, and you can't can't give him bonus seconds for a sore hip. Yeah, I I thought um, Richie's comments were quite valid and, you know, given the uh, situation he found himself in, I'm Surprised he he didn't sort of go off more. He was, uh, he, I think he was just exasperated at the situation. I mean, what 
what what do you do? I also understand uh, Balke Mollema's um, perspective as well. I mean, do you take these riders back to the one kilometre point and tell them all to get off their bikes and run to the line? Maybe that would be fair. It would be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, for Balke Mollema, it was a no-win situation, essentially, because he couldn't gain time on um, Froome and Port from that situation, and... He, all his riding to the line was essentially... Well, not in vain, because he was gaining time on the other contenders, but it it wasn't racing, and it was a very artificial result in the end. Yeah, I saw, you know, from the... Uh, I think a BMC tweet... I mean, there was also a stage where Ports had gapped Mollema and Froome. So how much time would Mollema have made up uh, in, in that last kilometre? It's, you know, it's debatable. I don't think... It, a hell of a lot. Uh, so really, yeah, in the context of things, we've still got um, we've still got nine stages to go. I don't really see that this will be decide. You know, what the decision that the jury made, I don't see that as affecting the overall outcome of the race. I think they made the right decision, so the overall outcome would not be affected. Okay, on to Simon Gerrans, who had a very nasty crash um, leading, leading the pack day. on the descent. <laughs> and he's broken his collarbone again. Um, just a very hard crash that he went down in there. I mean, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because he's becoming known as the person who's just getting all these injuries and not getting the chance to perform. Um, and, and he's had to go home early from the tour, but due to the timing of the... The fall, he won't make it to the Rio Olympics either, so it's a double blow for Garens and the Garens fan club. Too. Yeah, well, it's it's good that you mentioned that, Kath, because he was Australia's main man for Rio. Now um, they need to find a substitute. Uh, I would... Uh, people say have got different views. They say it's too hard for Matthews, but, I mean... Matthews is in awesome form. You, you you give him two weeks rest after the Tour de France. Who knows? He he is actually a reasonable climber. I th- uh, I think. Um, also, I think uh, Cycling Australia chose to send. They could have sent one more guy for the road race team. Is if I'm I can stand correct on that. But uh, that's that's I think that's the case. But in any case, they have to find a replacement. Uh, leader for for Rio and uh, yeah, Gerens is. I think when you ha- keep having these crashes in these big events, you, you start becoming more s- skittish. I, I think so. You know, it's he's, it's going to be a very much a, a mind thing for him to get over this. Kath, on the Olympic selection question, it takes a certain type of rider for this course. I mean, who 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 is in line for that next next selection spot? Are we looking at? Um, I don't know, a Luke Durbridge or something to do more teamwork for some, for the other favourites or another contender or maybe like a promising up-and-comer like Jay McCarthy? Well, because it's my understanding, I actually don't know much about this Olympic course at all, but it mm. suits someone who's better at climbing, yes? Yes. And and one of the other things that we've been wondering is because the, the, the announced team is only three riders, are they were they planning on getting a fourth rider from the track team to be part of that road team as well? Is that... Is that a thing? I, uh, I don't quite understand. The Olympics is so complicated in its selection and it, it never mirrors up with the sport outside of the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't um, 
sort of uh, profess to know the the rules intimately. I just think, yeah, I mean, if you think about a rider similar to Garen's, I said Matthews, but also, um, yeah, you've got Jay McCarthy, um, perhaps even someone like, uh, I don't know, Rory, Rory Sutherland. Damien Housen's been climbing very well this year. You know. Yeah, yeah. So there's 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 a few worthy substitutes. Okay, well, we'll move on to tonight's stage, which is the longish time trial um, from Bergeant Andiold to Le Cavernier du Pont de Dark. I think, Jamie, for um, the next podcast, we might have some, what, what we'll do, have some pronunciation lessons. Why do, why, do, why do we get me to do this? Anyway, <laughs> so it's 35, uh, 37.5 kilometres uh, over some pretty hilly terrain. It starts off with a long climb, a 6.9 kilometre climb at 4.9%. And then it's mostly flat, but there is another kick up to the line there at the finish. Um, Tani, who are we looking at for the contenders here? Yeah, so over a 37.5 kilometre time trial, you've got two hills which comprise 10 kilometres of climbing. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, you, you, it favours the, the guys that we normally think about, uh, Dumoulin, Cancellara, Tony Martin... Um, there's also the world time trial champ Kirianka there, but he was doing a lot of work last night, so I don't. I think he could still feature. Uh, I'm just not sure if he can win. But in terms of the contenders, uh, this this actually this time trial because it's quite climb heavy. I think it, it will mitigate the, any um, deficit that the pure climbers such as Quintana might. Um, might face, or, or, although I still think you know it's a it's a it's a good one for Froome so long as he hasn't um, hurt himself too badly, and, and also for for Richie Port. Hey, yeah, I it's it's more also that this comes after the day to Von too. So uh, Christian Prudhomme, the tour director, said you know, and his um, two IC Thierry Gouverneau said this pre- presents a dilemma to the riders. Um, how hard do they go on that stage of Von Two in order to save themselves for the, for the time trial? But Froome did say the time trial was always in the back of his mind even before he rode the stage to Von Two. I don't think it was in the back of his mind when he was running up the hill, though. It didn't Maybe look like it was so, because if you watch him, he starts turning around and and looking and second guess, like, what am I doing? Is someone coming? And he's he wasn't he wasn't full gas running. Well, know? it's pretty hard to full gas running cleats, isn't it? It is, um, yeah. But if if anyone um if you do need a bit of a laugh about it, I recommend there's some some good uh, social media going around setting Froome's run to classic theme songs such as. Yeah, Titanic, Titanic and, and Baywatch. Rocky. That's well. That's that's your favourite <laughs> show, isn't it, Jamie? Baywatch. I, I, you, 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 I, was, I was like four when it was on. I mean, <laughs> and you can it, get it on DVD. Well, probably on VHS, more likely. Um, the, the one name you didn't mention there was Rowan Dennis, um, Tanny, who's coming in for his um, bid on the Olympic time trial. It, how important is the tune-up uh, for? for that with this time trial here. Yeah, well, that that was the one stage that he, you know, he was, that was a personal goal for him right from the outset. BMC will no doubt, uh, you know, he, he had a relatively easy day yesterday. So I think also he'll set a good time split for Port. I mean, they often have a guy in the team ride quite hard so they can then 
reference back to their their GC leader. So, yeah, I mean, Dennis will be right up there. The, those sort of four or five usual suspects that you always see, they'll 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 be there. It's going to be interesting to see how Port goes too, because it, it was one of the stages where maybe he'd make up a little bit of time on the GC, probably not, you know, the two minutes that he'd need. But we'll see how those injuries go overnight as well. I think it's going to be a tough ride for him. Join us at 10pm tonight for the broadcast on SBS HD, the Skoda Tour Tracker and via streaming online. Hope to catch you tomorrow. <laughs>